Welcome to European Startup Universe Talks. In this series, we will meet startup founders, entrepreneurs, investors, and major stakeholders of the startup ecosystem. They will let us in on the challenges and the successes of their career, their view on the current state of the startup field, and give vital advice for those in the beginning stages of their startup journey. If you're in the early stages of your startup and are looking for an opportunity to take it to the next level, join the six-week European Startup Universe initiative of your country. There you will get founding opportunities, meet with experienced experts and founders, and network with the startup community and much more. Let's make the EU the global powerhouse for startups. Welcome to European Startup Talks. My name is Maritza Klingspol and I'm happy to introduce Steve Glanch on today's episode. He is a chapter director of Startup Grind Luxembourg as well as a solution broker. A big welcome. Thank you. And uh, thank you for this opportunity to exchange uh, some ideas and some views. Yeah, we're very happy to have you here. I would like us to begin with, could you tell me a bit more about what you do in your career and uh, in your work? Mm-hmm. Let's assume my career is about that like um, somebody who has touched on big, a lot of things, but many this has always been to do with innovation transfer, uh, assisting that innovation can happen, either on uh, the business side or on the financial side, enhancing the entrepreneurship, and mainly the assisting in developing new markets, new services, new products, assisting in developing companies that they get on, that they grow, and also, of course, uh, a lot uh, linked to the ICT world. What do you think drew you towards that career? I would say uh, it's twofold. One is my natural inclination and the other is the hazard of life. So the natural inclination is mainly because I, from very early stage on, I started to work like as a student to get pocket money to co-finance uh, your studies and so on. And I was always in the service industry. And what I learned there is that well, the aim is to help your customers, your end users solve a problem, a pain. And that's how I see it. And then that's a little bit the natural inclination I took because I always looked in at, okay, uh, what is the pain and how can it be solved? How can it be eased and smoothened and so on? Not so much into problems uh, or challenges because for me, problems do not really exist. It's more solutions that I'm aimed at. And then that's a little bit the natural part, my personality, my character. And the other thing is I've always been a little bit pushed into these such positions where I've been asked to assist in eventually adapt a process, adapt an an, uh, information flow, assist a company or a department in enhancing the way they are working, 
because there's something which is not working smoothly. And by that also, it evolved into, okay, setting up companies, but also assisting in companies who have been set up to develop so that they can move further. And that I had the opportunity to do on the one hand professionally, but also on the pro bono, on the non-professional side. For example, very early on, I had the opportunity to do launch the first Tuesday network in Luxembourg, which uh, in, in a nutshell, it was the first entrepreneurial network uh, was during the internet hype, uh, the dot-com boom early 2000. And so to enhance the local ecosystem, because what I noticed is that you are never profit in your own country and you can always learn more from others. So it's, it's that way I went on and then also in setting up the Business Angel Network in Luxembourg, and then I, I had the opportunity now to run Startup Grind and then to come into contact with the uh, European Startup Universe. That in a nutshell. So could you describe more how the startup economic system looks like in Luxembourg? Thank you. That's a good question because it has evolved positively over the, let's say, since the beginning of the millennium, it has evolved positively from being seen that an entrepreneur is, uh, is, was not something that people aimed at to becoming, okay, that's cool, that's funny. It has become a little bit more mainstream. So it is from the school of hard knocks, it has come a little bit more that's a little bit the negative side uh, to a cocooning. Uh, so entrepreneurs are very well pampered. They, there's luckily there's a lot of uh, support initiatives, support organizations, either private ones, either uh, official ones supported by the government or the Chamber of Commerce. So that over the years has evolved so that also the entrepreneurial ecosystem has become more attractive uh, for budding entrepreneurs. And that's what I always, uh, I always call it, uh, to instill, excuse me, the virus or the bacillus of entrepreneurship into the minds of the people. So that's a little bit what it is. And in Luxembourg, we are lucky that Luxembourg is a small country. And Luxembourg has over the years, I mean, very uh, early years, has evolved from an agrar country to an industrial country, steel, uh, iron, and so on, and coal. And then it has evolved into a service industry, especially in the financial services. And Luxembourg is a small country, and we are lucky that we are surrounded by neighbors like France, Germany, and Belgium. And there we can draw, draw a huge workforce into Luxembourg. You have to know that um, nearly 100, oh, 120,000 or even more daily commuters come into Luxembourg. That's uh, nearly the same size as the inhabitants of Luxembourg city. 
So it's quite huge. And then on the other hand, also, uh, Luxembourg per se is not known for creating something. Okay, the Arcelor, uh, Arcelor has been created in Luxembourg, RTL is Luxembourgish, DL is for Luxembourg, SES Astra, the satellite company is uh, Luxembourg. So there have been some innovative things going on, but uh, it hasn't over, let's say, the last 20 years or so, it hasn't been done, it hasn't been valored uh, on the right uh, uh, reason. And But now more and more, more uh, there's even there's this entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial mindset which is popping up, and it's uh, possible to live it out. Though a little bit of the school of hard knocks is getting lost, but uh, at least everybody can try to dare to realize their dreams. And in Luxembourg also, as we also have a lot, a huge expat community in Luxembourg through the various industries, um, there's also a different mindset which is popping up, uh, which you had also in other countries, but it's now coming to Luxembourg, where small shops are setting up, pop-up shops are setting up, co-working places are popping up, uh, and so on. And even that, for example, the official parts like the Chamber of Commerce or the Ministry of the Economy, they have opened one-stop shops so that you can go there and then you get all the information you need, for example, to set up a company or uh, to get the authorizations and so on, which hasn't, which wasn't the case 10 or 20 years ago. So that's why it is we haven't reached maturity yet in Luxembourg. We have some, how shall I say, we have some success stories which breed and which give back to the local ecosystem, but we haven't reached the inflection point yet in Luxembourg. So it's more to come probably. Oh. When do you think you will reach that level of maturity? That's a good question. In unfortunately, my crystal ball has broken, so I can't tell you. But uh, I guess now with the uh, the pandemic and so on, in five or ten years, because then uh, we will see some cleaning up of all the cocooning and pampering which has been done, and then the companies will survive, because here in Luxembourg. Uh, if you set up a company, you have to have an international mindset immediately. You have to have to look at international markets. And therefore, Luxembourg is a very good springboard for international growth. And also a good test market. For example, as I said, we have so many commuters coming in every day. So it means so many nationalities, so many different legal systems coming in. And then you have the languages and so on. And with the expat community, you have the different cultures. So it's really a great test or pilot market to start with. And in order also to get off to other markets, because Luxembourg, uh, it, we are, you may say we are a small country. And then if you 
go internationally as a Luxembourg company, you are not suspicious. Because if you go like a German company, a French company, a UK company, a Spanish company, an Italian company, uh, then everybody looks at it, okay, that's a big company. It's a big company which is coming. So you can stay a little bit under the radar. What do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of that? The strengths will will be that you can grow. There is a real growth factor there. You have the markets which are there. If your product service is ready, you can grow. You can go to markets, external market, so you can grow. The weakness is that uh, in order to get there, you will need the resources to get to the growth. This means the Luxembourg market per se is not enough to sustain your company, depending on the product services, of course. But it's not enough to make a sustainable company per se because the market is too small. That's for that reason. And the costs are high here in Luxembourg. We are a small country, but uh, with very good top-notch infrastructures in any aspect, is it ICT, is it building, is it here, is it there? And that comes at the cost. So the costs are high. The labor costs are high, the rental costs are high, and so on. This means your costs are high. So in order to have a sustainable business, you need, as I say, you need to sell a lot of um, croissants in order to pay uh, your costs. Would you like to tell me about your country organizer for uh, ESU for Luxembourg? Would you like to tell me a bit about what that entails for you? For me, it entails a continuity and also an add-on because as I, over many years, I try to enhance the local ecosystem and also to try to show them by example, and as the examples are not local or national, you need to go internationally to bring the examples to Luxembourg. Now, here as a county organizer, it's also to enhance with other means the local ecosystem. Uh, Would it be like saying, okay, we have the startup, European startup universe, Luxembourg is part of it, Luxembourg is on the map of the European startup universe on the one hand, and to say, okay, Together with other countries in Europe, we will have on the same time frame, we'll have the same workshops, the same office hours and so on, in order that they can, uh, the companies can compare themselves to their peers in other countries, but also exchange with them on the same, on the different steps and levels they are. What do you think is the the mindset that has to change in order to feel like you can be on the same level as the other countries? What are the the magic ingredients? So magic is there is magic because you don't understand it. So let's leave the magic side. But uh, what could be is that uh, 
it's a hard one. Uh, it's that those who try to launch their venture, that they are aware that it's a hard path. It's really the school of hard knocks and that really they need to look abroad and not only in the national uh, uh, market. I would say that's that one. And then on the other one, uh, to be open-minded to take the best of every country or every culture which is there. Uh, would it be, I don't know, Luxembourg would be then for the administrative hub, for the security hub, for the legal hub. Uh, marketing would be another country, fast uh, or more affordable services or infrastructure would be another country and so on. And also to, to be able also to have a mindset of saying, okay, we go abroad. We are a Luxembourg company, but we go abroad and then we play like the, like the rules which are on that market and not try to impose our rules. What advice do you have for others that are in the same field as you and but might still be in the beginning stages of their career? There, I would say it would be is try, try no there to try that's the main lesson there to try there to dream that's very important because that's a, some a lot of the times i didn't dare it for xyz reasons and also look at other sides look at uh, try to learn from others really try to learn from others, look at others, try to look how did they do it, get inspiration from others, uh, and also be open-minded because, uh, and have your own point of view. A lot of times I, you, had a, you have a gut feeling, but you don't do it because you uh, don't dare to do it or you think that you don't know it correctly. So trust your gut feeling, and that's something, and also surround you with, uh, with the right people. That's important uh, to look forward. And of course, don't try to be too dogmatic, but be adaptable. That's, uh, I would say, would be some of the key points. What would you say is the first step, the very first step in order to really get going with the startup and then later on succeed? The first step I would say is be sure that you have, that there's really a pain you would like to, uh, to, to ease. That's the, the first thing. Because in my point of view is, if there's no pain, if there's not a pain somebody else has, uh, why should they use your service or product? And even more, why should they pay for it? That would be the first step. And then from there on, look at it and how would you solve it? How would you address it? Try, test. You don't have to launch immediately or go fully into it, but do it in your free or available, available spare time. Just to try it, uh, surround you with others, 
who are in the same area, network, go to peers, go to startup grind events, go to other events which are happening in Luxembourg or internationally and uh, try to get inspired and look how they do it because everybody started somewhere in order to get somewhere. I understand. What would you say is the best investment that you have ever made? And this could be money, time, energy, etc. I would say the best investment is that I to help others, that I helped others, even though I didn't have anything back, any return to assist other help is a different uh, word a different word but i would say to have assisted others for example like when you're in a business and you have a service or product your and your prospective customer has a need you can you can help him or her in to a certain part but not 100 but you know another service provider who can do it but then refer them to their there because it's no not it doesn't bring you anything if you only satisfy part of the needs and try to fix it somewhere the other parts with other parts but if there is a service provider who is fully supply why not because they are your peers and if the customer is satisfied at least you have a good name in the market and they will refer you event to others who have a similar need but where you can provide the assistance so this goes back a little bit about the thing that you mentioned before about uh, soothing a pain or being assisting of something that is lacking exactly yeah that's correct because the thing is um what i learned is okay you can you can get customers they pay, but if they are not satisfied with the service or the product, or if the product is not fitting their need, it will not be a good relationship. It's like in life. I mean, uh, there's always one part which is not so happy, and you will have you will work more to so that the other part doesn't notice that they, it's not the right solution so uh, you're spending more time more resources and in the end the return is not so good do you think there are any clues or some sort of hints that you are on the right track that you are actually creating something that it is a need for it's difficult to say on the one hand i would say if you have the feeling that what you are doing is helping, assisting others, I mean, now clients, customers, and so on, then you are already on the right track. And if even more they are paying for it without always bickering uh, with the invoices, I guess then you're fully on the right track. But the other thing is also you. Uh, it's good uh, you you should not stick to that you should always be on the outlook eventually to adapt further because the world is changing human beings are changing the needs are changing so that eventually you adapt your services or products 
to the new to changing needs or eventually you find something that maybe is not a need and you could serve it even better than the need you have identified and so the, i think these are could be the clues if you feel have satisfaction i mean yourself and also your company that the service or product is well received and the end users they are satisfied with it they are paying for is it for it then you are i guess you're on the right track before we wrap up is there anything you would like to add no just to say that don't be afraid to open up i mean uh, to open up internationally to other peers because it just enriches you and don't look at peers as competitors look more at peer like the, at them as peers eventually okay you are vying for the same market for the same customers but uh, on one point or the other eventually you work to you will work together or uh, you will come uh, to a customer who has, who is a customer of your peers and so on. look them as your peers and not as your competitors and look broader you know, internationally that's something i would like to sum up thank you very much and thank you so much for talking to us thank you and thank you for the opportunity to talk to join the six-week program register on the website until the 28th of february go to the startupuniverse.org make sure to follow us on social media on instagram facebook twitter linkedin and on tiktok Please like and subscribe in order to get notified for our next episode on YouTube or on the podcast platforms. Thank you for listening.